You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And I think I gravitated towards comedy because there was a lot of laughing involved rather than sad, right? Sad or angry, like laughing just seemed like it was way better for some reason. I don't know what it is about laughing that just seems way better, but laughing is, yeah, <laughs> laughing is just the best. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They put on a bunch of sick shows throughout the year, but more than that, they also put on one of North America's best metal festivals, and that's the absolute truth. I have played festivals all across the globe, and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. They just announced a banger of a show coming up on March 15th here in Montreal at Theotre Corona. They got Static X, Rise of the Machine, featuring Fear Factory, Mushroom Head, and Dope. Now that's a killer lineup. You can get your tickets via the link in the description of this podcast. Trust me, this is a show that you do not want to miss. Now before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would also like to ask you to rate it and write a review. Now why do I want you to do this? You have to imagine that when someone is looking for a new podcast to listen to, what do they do? They scroll down, they look at those reviews, they look at those ratings. If those reviews and ratings are positive, they will most likely give that podcast a chance by you writing a review for the vox and hops metal podcast you could actually be the person that sways someone to become a future vox and hops head and that would be something that i would truly appreciate now in today's episode i'm with garrett jameson the star of banger films heavy metal hitchhiker the amazingly hilarious show get ready everyone this is vox and hops episode number 295 I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Garrett Jamison, the comedian, the actor. He was just in Heavy Metal Hitchhiker, which was a part of Banger Films, YouTube content, a very funny human. He's into metal. I don't know if he's into beer, but we're about to find out. Garrett, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm just hanging out here uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba right now. It's very humid outside. Mm. Yeah, yeah, humid, humid. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm wet. I'm wet right now. I'm hot and I'm wet. I'm living life. <laughs> Amazing. Vox and Hops is typically I hang out with metal musicians, talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now I'm assuming that you you just stepped out of your car that you're not going to share a beer with me right now. I can share a beer with you. I just have to go inside and get one. Okay. Well, you do that. That would be amazing. So like, see, the great thing about phones is I can walk around and open up doors, and then you can follow with me, right? And then <laughs> I'm inside, I'm inside, and then I can go downstairs <laughs> to this little beer fridge. I don't even know what I have, and might just be, because I went camping recently. It's the camping beers. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I got uh, one. Hey, let's drink one of these. We got a uh, a simple Erdinger right here. Amazing. I'll drink. I'll drink this with you guys. Yes, absolutely. A classic. It's a German brew, if I'm not wrong. There. 
Yeah, product of Germany. Yes, I've drank many of those on tour. Delicious beers. Delicious German beers. I miss them. I miss them very much. My my rider full of delicious German local beers. <laughs> what, what do you normally have? Uh, on tour or in general in life? Yeah. Which, however you want to answer that question. <laughs> on tour, I'll drink whatever they give me unless I feel adventurous and I'll head on out and hunt for some craft beer. But I'm a big craft beer enthusiast. Um, I drink a lot of styles of beer. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking something special. It is a Lager Live. This is a interesting collab. It's a Facebook group, uh, Gang de Metalleux du Province de Québec. So it's the Quebec Metal uh, Association, basically, on Facebook. They're 20,000 strong. And Malco Brasserie teamed up with them to create a, a brew for metal shows or metal events. Uh, they teamed up with 12 local Quebec bands to create this very special lager. It's a light, crushable brew, 4.4% ABV. I'm going to crack this, and I would love to hear about your very first beer, Garrett. My very first beer? Oh, my God. So my very first beer, I guess, uh, do, do you want, like, when I was a child or my or first time when I was, like, an actual person drinking beer for the sake of drinking beer? Uh, let's, let's go chronologically, yes, from the beginning onwards. Well, first beer would be, like, I don't even know if it's a true memory, but it's, like, you know, I'm in the womb. <laughs> My mom's slugging a beer and it's coming in through my baby mouth, which would be my belly button. I think that was my first one, I think. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, no, my first my first one was also probably like taking a sip out of uh, probably an uncle's beer. Like I, I remember, but I'm not sure if I remember drinking the actual beer, but I remember just smelling the bottle caps all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I just like huff bottle caps. I'm like... And for some reason, I don't know what it was, but Lab Light, because in Manitoba, we don't have Labatt Blue Light. We have Labatt Light. Okay. It's got a polar bear on it. Okay. And so, like, we would just, like, my uncles would drink that. And I just remember picking up bottle caps and just, like, like <laughs> I couldn't get, like, it's almost like you wanted to cram the whole bottle cap in your nose, right? The smell of it. It was so good. And then, uh, but actual first beer experience would be... I remember buying a six pack of blue. This was Labatt Blue. So very Manitoba of me, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right? Everything's named after the, you know, blue, right? So like, yeah, my first beer would probably be Labatt Blue. And it was a six pack. And I've never, like, you know, because you have beer and you're like, oh man, this is like juice, right? Like I can drink a six pack of juice, no problem, or a six pack of Coke or something. And then uh, I slammed six uh, blue Came home just so drunk and then passed out. And then I, I, I didn't feel good. The room started spinning around. So then I, I s- tried to silently throw up in the toilet. And was, <laughs> right. And then uh, the next day, uh, my dad's like, you know, it's in the morning. And he's like, so uh, you're doing some loud burps uh, in there, weren't you? And I was like, what? And he's like, you did loud burps. You were burping pretty loudly in the bathroom. What was that? And uh so then he caught me, right? And then he's like, okay, we're re-leveling the sidewalk today. So, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he, he put me to work. Which is actually a good hangover cure. It's, it's, it's a good thing to, to move and to get yourself out of it versus just languishing in, in a hangover. So good on your dad for, for not punishing you too strongly, but getting you out of bed. Exactly. But he punished me in, I guess, a way where it's like, well, if you want to drink, you also have to remember there's work in the morning. 
kind of thing. That's a good life lesson. That's wonderful. Right? Cheers to you. And to cheers, and cheers to you. Thank you for having me on here. Of course. Darker question. Um, how did you cope with the shitty year that is now behind us, but seems to be lingering around of 2020? How did I cope with it? Uh, for me, it was tough because uh, uh, a multitude of things. I'm sure like everyone else, there's a multiple answer here. It's not just one thing, like obviously COVID shutting everything down. So it took away my live performance aspect, like doing stand up comedy in that. Um, took away that part of my life, which is a huge, yeah. Like in Toronto, that's, I'd be out like almost every night of the week, right? Whether it's an actual show booking or just a garbage open mic. And sometimes garbage open mics are the best. Uh, and then, yeah, it just stopped one day. Like it's just done. And then, so you don't have that aspect. And so then you're like, well, I'm going to use this time to like really motivate myself. And I'm like, because you don't know how long it's going to last. So you start writing jokes and you start planning on things. But then it just, like, who are you going to show these jokes to? Your, your roommate, you know what I mean? Or your parents, <laughs> you're like, your, your friends over the phone. Like, no one cares about your stupid jokes, right? So then, uh, so I kind of like stopped doing that. And, it's, uh, and then uh, in about uh, the spring, shortly after COVID, my uh, brother passed away. Oh, shit. So yeah, so then uh, I came back to Winnipeg. And, uh, yeah, so I've, I've kind of have been here since, but not really because I also went back and we shot heavy metal hitchhiker in uh, December there. So, and that was supposed to shoot at the beginning of COVID and get, kept getting pushed back. So it was supposed to be, uh, April 1st. So fool's day. Then it was to the end of April. They're like, cause COVID was only going to last a month. Right. Uh -huh. So they're like, yeah, it's going to be the end of April. And then end of April became, okay, we're going to shoot it. Uh, in June, then June became August, then August became September, October, November is, uh, and end of November, early December is when we shot it. Which made sense with all the snow sh scenes and stuff. Yeah. So, so when you see the snow, that's because it's winter time. <laughs> and, and, and if, if any of your viewers or listeners are not from Canada, it's, it, that it's only winter that we have snow. <laughs> I might add, it's not, that's not July Canada, just so you know. Sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, once in a while, once in a while, yeah. Well, right now, uh, Edmonton is like 11 degrees. Wow, that's Isn't fucked that up. crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a world we live in. What a time yeah. to be alive. <laughs> what a great time to be alive right now. I want to hear about the the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? So uh, growing up, my parents probably listened to, uh, there was a radio station here in Winnipeg, and it was here, it was on AM, and it was called KY58. KY. And obviously people, may, yeah, people go, oh, KY, <laughs> like the lube, and then when you're little, you're like, I don't get it, right? <laughs> it's just like KY58, that makes sense. Uh, and then, uh, so yeah, so KY58, and it was like all oldies. And the DJ, I remember always saying, he's like, uh, thanks for listening, uh, make sure, remember when you're driving, keep your... And not even when you're driving, it's just like, keep uh, the rubber side down and the shiny side up and I'll <laughs> see you later, right? Like talking about the car. Yeah. Don't roll it, right? Don't drinking and roll it. But uh, it was a lot of like, at 50s, 60s, like classic uh, pop kind of music, I'd say. Like, um, you know, like any, uh, a good time, good time old radio, I guess. So a lot of, uh, so, so I'm a master at uh, singing anything from the 50s and 60s. Like uh, one hit wonders, 
Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. What band would have been your first band, your first love, something that was yours that you treasured that didn't come from someone else? The very first band that I loved, it didn't come from someone else. So, well, there was a, a record that I discovered that I, so like this one is one that it was in my re- parents' collection, but it was a, uh, an, it had a giant alien hmm. craft on it. And the alien craft was like shooting uh, fire out of its, uh, this nozzle and it's melting a ship. And the title of it was Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Hmm. And it's like a rock opera kind of thing. And I discovered this because the imagery when you're a child is so terrifying and cool. Right. And then you see it and you're like, what is this? And then you play it. And then I was, I couldn't get enough of it. And apparently my uncle would always play it when I was in the womb. Really? So it's just, yeah, it's just weird that I had attached myself to it. And, uh, it, it's got the, uh, the singer from Richard Burton is the narrator. Like he plays the writer from more of the worlds in it. Um, the, it's got the singer from Thin Lizzy. Hmm. It's got the uh, singer from the Moody Blues. Yeah, it's it. It's got David Essex. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a fun little rock opera. But that I didn't purchase that album, but I discovered that one. Uh, the very first album that I uh, bought or got or, that I loved on my own was uh, a guy by the name of Weird Al Yankovic. Hell yes, yes. So like, uh, yeah, his album. The one with uh, lasagna and uh, bad yep. or fat, sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that one I could not get enough of, and I absolutely love that. But my very first CD, the very first CD I got was uh, one that I asked for, uh, was a, a band called Grid, uh, and they're like kind of like, like a techno kind of. 90s techno Mm -hmm. but they have a banjo in it and that's why i love this song yeah it's called swamp thing so i bought it or i got it solely for the song swamp thing and it's a it's a fun banjo song and uh but yeah the very first album i'd say that i uh got on my own when i had a cd player was uh uh, acdc's ball breaker because that one just came out Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I want to hear about your first show. Um, I know Winnipeg tends to get, you know, shafted a lot when it comes to tours coming through. Um, the prairies always get shafted, sadly. So, so, so talk to me about your very, very first show that you went to go see. So my very first concert uh, was a concert uh, by the band name... Uh, Metallica. Uh-huh. So I went to see Metallica during the uh, what the the load. Okay, they just came out with load, and uh, yeah, that show set the bar high as far as theatrics. Because yeah. there were people like being caught on fire. Yep. Um, like yeah, people falling from the ceiling. Yep. They had yep. explosions. Yeah, like the whole stage gets slowly built up, and then there's a moment when it just all comes tumbling down, and everything is chaotic. And uh, then they come out with these IV bags with little lights in them and tiny little amps. And then they play like old, old, old stuff for their little encore, which is really cool. Um, But the stage is completely destroyed. And then my first, I guess, small show was with um, my friend uh, Jesse from Ken Mode. We uh, tried to sneak in or like he's like his favorite, like... Because when you come into metal, like 
he's the one who introduced me to all the music, right? Like any interview I've done, people are like, what kind of music do you like? I'm like, honestly, it's all because of him, right? And uh, so like he, um, he's like, I like this band Unsane. Huh. We got to go see Unsane. And I was like, okay. Like he absolutely loved them. And he has all these stories. Like apparently the, uh, the drummer broke his uh, collarbone and would still be drumming with a broken collarbone. And like the, uh, the singer apparently got stabbed somewhere in New York or in Australia or something. And like, I was like, okay, okay. And their album covers are just like violence, right? A lot of blood. And uh, so, yeah. So then we went there early. We were only like 15 or 16 years old. And then uh, we tried to get in because we came so early we watched them do sound check. Wow. Right. So we were so early. We watched them do a sound check and, uh, they played their whole song rather than just doing like a quick check. They did the whole thing kind of, I think for us in a way, like, cause we were the only, like it was myself, Jesse. And I believe this a fellow by the name of Daryl Laxtell was there and he was Ken Mode's kind of first bass player actually. And we, we watched, and uh, we were like, oh, that was cool. And then uh, they're like, yeah, thank you so much. And then the bouncer came up right after and was like, uh, you guys want tickets? And we're like, yeah, we'll get tickets. And he's like, IDs, right? Unfortunately, this is an 18 plus show. So he had to, he kicked us out. Then, uh, yeah, we hung out backstage or not backstage, sorry, out in the alleyway. And the dudes from Unsane were there and they, like, we just were talking to them. I have no idea who the hell they are, but Jesse was very excited to be talking with them and yeah, it was really cool of them. Like when I look back, like it was really cool of them that they hung out for as long as they did. And they, you know, they gave us a show posters and kind of gave us little autographs on it. That's a very cool of them and a very, yeah. very cool, unique first experience to go to a show that you don't get to see, but you did get to see Soundcheck. That's, right. that's the first time I've gotten that answer. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And so they like, gave yeah, Soundcheck and it was at the uh, Royal Albert here in mm -hmm. uh, Winnipeg, which is like a, a well-known uh, place or spot for shows much like that. Absolutely. I feel like I've played there actually with Cryptopsy. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about becoming a comedian. At what point did you know you were going to do it? Was it when you picked up that Weird Al CD? Uh, were you into comedy? Is it something that always you aspired to be? Uh, did you stumble into it? I stumbled into becoming an extreme metal vocalist. Uh, what was your path? <laughs> my path was uh, very... Uh, um, so with, with my brother and all, I guess. So he's... He, I don't know. I, didn't, I, I don't know if I mentioned yet, but he was like... Uh, He's a special, like he's a special person. 
right? Uh, they're, they're called all abilities. He's a person with all abilities, right? But very, like, there's a lot, like, you know, like you picture like the Rain Man. He's uh-huh. a person with all abilities. My brother is like all, all very all abilities, right? So like, he, it was kind of hard growing up with him. And I think I gravitated towards comedy because there was a lot of laughing involved rather than sad, Yeah, right? Sad or angry, like laughing just seemed like it was way better. For some reason, I don't know what it is about laughing that just seems way better. But yeah. laughing is, yeah, <laughs> laughing is just the best. And uh, I remember watching this show called Caroline's Comedy Hour. And it was hilarious. Like they had, you know, these people standing in front of a brick wall just telling not jokes that you're used to when you're little, but, you know, funny things, a stand-up comic. And they were, th- these are nobodies. Like these are people, these weren't famous people. And they were making crowds of people laugh. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. So come grade six, I'm burping so much. Come grade six, there was a day where it's like, come dressed as what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> and I came dressed as a stand-up comedian. So I got rid of my sweatpants. So I got rid of my sweatpants and put on jeans for the first time in my life, pretty much. And uh, then I also had like a floral shirt that I tucked in, like one of those, you know, casual Friday kind of shirts. And uh, so I looked cool, like you, you couldn't tell if I was a young banker on Friday or, uh, you know, or, or an actual stand-up comedian from the 80s. <laughs> It's it's hard to make it as an extreme musician. I feel like it's even harder to make it as a comic. Uh, what work did you put? I know there's a lot of work. I you're actually the first comedian that I've had on the podcast uh, out of yay! I'm doing it out of like 290 guests. So <laughs> nice. I'm 291. The funniest of all numbers. I might add. <laughs> The, it's a lot of work that goes. I love comedians. I I don't know why I haven't had one on yet. There had to be a metal aspect to it, and Brian hasn't been resp- returning my phone calls as of yet. So, Hussein. But yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Hussein. Get on it. Talk to me about what work went into getting where you are. I know it's a complex question, but what steps did you have to take to go from that? What do you want to be grade six day to where you are now? What steps did I have to take? Well, okay. So I thought like as a comedian, like I didn't know how, cause I, I don't know in your family, are there any other entertainers? Not really. No, there my, no, my grandfather used to go to the bar and sing or my great grandfather and he would get free beer. So I've got the free beer thing down <laughs> and I've got the singing thing down. Not just, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got the singing thing down, free beer, that's no problem. But actual, yeah, employment, no. So yeah, so in my uh, in my world, there's nobody. Like, I have like some people who maybe do a little bit of art, maybe. But they're not like, um, but they're, they're, that's not their career, right? Uh, and, and, and entertainers, certainly no entertainers. But I do have like an uncle who's like the funniest guy at a party. And he has a million jokes, right? Uh, so I do have that aspect and I do have like uncles who are a fan of comedy. So like you get introduced to comedy in a certain way. So you understand what is funny and your sense of humor. So it's like far side and uh, Monty Python for me. Right. And uh, so then from there, I'm like, Oh man, you know, you get to, Oh, and I was like valedictorian and uh, uh, every year for, from, for grade six, let's say grade nine and then grade 12. Really? Right. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. And well, and, and it's all, and it's not because I'm the smartest, the smartest kid. It's because like, I was like, 
the one chatting it up, <laughs> like making a class laugh, I guess, right? The class clown, so to speak. And then, uh, so I, I loved, I loved entertaining and I loved that side of things and I liked making people laugh. So then I'm like, how do I go about that? And since you have no one to really turn to, you go to your guidance counselor and they're like, well, <laughs> I don't know, like, because they, they don't know, no one knows here in, in suburbia, you know, in Winnipeg. So they're like, I, I don't know what you do. Uh, like, uh, just do it, I guess. And you're like, okay. So then I'm like, I, I really didn't know what to do. So I was going to get a regular job as a firefighter or something. But I went to one year of university and I took filmmaking class because I just assumed, oh, like a lot of my favorite standups are also movie actors. So I'm like, in my mind, it was to become a, a celebrity movie actor and then do standup. That's the, so I was backwards, right? And then, uh, yeah, I ended up finding, I really love this class called uh, Creative Writing. And it was like poetry and stuff, but it's not what I want to do. But I'm like, well, when I go back to school, that's what I want to do. So I typed in creative writing on the internet and it came up a class called Comedy Creative Writing in Toronto. And, um, excuse me, Joe Flaherty was a teacher and a lot of famous or famous bigger Canadian comedians were teachers and like Robin Duke from SNL and like uh, Joe, Dave Flaherty, Joe's Flaherty's brother was the writer from uh, Maniac Mansion and SCTV. So like he's, teaching and like yeah so i went to toronto and uh ever since then has just been doing stand-up comedy sketch comedy anything anything funny and then musical comedy yeah you name it if, if it's if it's to get a laugh i was there <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's rigorous work uh, getting your material together hitting those stand-ups night after night ironing out a routine it's it's so much more complicated than just writing a good song and performing it well <laughs> yeah you, uh, yeah that's that's the thing is like it's funny because like there's so many similarities between us and so many differences like the one yeah is like you can play the same song Every again night. and again <laughs> to the same crowd and they're like yeah nice let's hear that song again to me they're like yeah we heard this one <laughs> right like move along buddy and it's like yeah if, even if it's a year apart like they're like okay we've already heard that la yeah he did the exact same stuff last year and then uh and the other funny thing is like when i go touring to a town it's not for one night like musicians like when i'm on the road with ken mode like it's like you load in all the gear perform load all the gear and then get the take fuck off out to the of next there. place yeah. right whereas in my world it's like sometimes it's like that but you're not loading gear and usually you show up to a town and you're there for four days, right? Or a week. And then you take off. So it's like, yeah, there's like the differences, similarities. We still both get to sit in uh, vehicles and eat eat horribly a lot of times. <laughs> and we get to free beer. The free beer. That's why, that's why we right? started this. I was definitely going to ask about going on tour with Ken Mode. Obviously, you growing up with Jesse covers that whole thing. Uh, what's the, the different feeling uh, performing to a crowd of um, fans of a band versus a crowd full of comedy fans, people that show up to a comedy show? There's a, so the slight differences are uh, uh, um, uh, a comedy crowd is there to see comedy, right? <laughs> That's the big one, right? That's the main one right off that bat, right off the bat. Uh, but the, yeah, for, for the type of world that Ken Mode is in, they probably have the best fans 
for someone like me to come in and do comedy, especially the way we have it introduced. Like I used to just come up on stage and people like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like he's just like standing there and he's like telling us jokes. They're like, get on with the bang. Right. And they're like, no, no, they don't no, care. He's got about 35 me. minutes still. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm up here for a while here guys. Right. And uh, yeah, they're like, you know, a lot of like eye rolls, but then I'm like, Hey, can you guys like, just do your, like Jesse suggested that they just do a quick, like, you know, the line check, I guess you guys do the line check. Yeah. So it's like making a bit of noise. So then people are like, Oh, cause that's the other thing is people would be walking in during my set and like still talking. <laughs> Whereas what we started doing is like, they would do a quick line check bram, 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 and check, check. Blah, and then people would come walking in and then be all right by the stage. He's like, as customary in Canada, cause we're using the States or elsewhere. And it's like, as customary in Canada, we have a, uh, uh, a comedian opening for us, right? As <laughs> as a Canadian band often does. So then, uh, then they're like, "Give it up for our friend uh, Garrett Jameson." So then I would come on stage, and I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much. This is unexpected, you know." And uh, yeah, tell them tell them jokes for however long I'm up there. But uh, th- the world, like the that crowd, those types of crowds are usually like the best the best crowds because, uh, and I don't know how how to say this nicely. But like it, it, it's a lot of like nerdier people, right? And so like in, in that world, um, and and they're the ones who are like more open to also taking in new things. So they're like most people are like comedy. This is weird, new. Okay, I'll listen. And then it's up to me to lose them, right? So if I'm bad, then I'll lose them. So it's my fault. It's my fault. But I'm given the chance, which is the best. If you perform for a punk crowd, those guys can go to hell, right? Like. <laughs> Like a punk crowd is the worst crowd to do that from because they're like, who's this guy who's trying to try to make us laugh, bring us joy, oi, 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 right? And they're like kicking around and they're like, uh, uh, and they're all angry and I'm the man telling them what to do. I'm like, here, I'm going to tell you a joke to make you laugh. And they're like, go to hell, you old man. And I'm like, no, leave me alone, you 12-year-old punk. Right? Anyway, that's... There's also metal crowds. Metal crowds are a lot a lot of times older in, a, in some respects. Punk crowds usually aren't older. <laughs> let's talk about heavy metal hitchhiker uh what a cool cool series this was i i watched it all at once basically i loved it it was just great um now how involved were you i don't think you were involved in the concept creation the creative side of it yeah, I, 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 I was part of the writing amazing amazing so i would i would love to hear this from Ada. blaine was involved i think from from like A to Z, how did this show come together? Okay, so it, we're going way back now. A friend of mine and myself, we opened this pseudo comedy club in Toronto called The Lot, and it's uh, in the Lower Ossington Theater. And that's when Blaine was kind of starting doing comedy. And Blaine would, once again, burping. Ah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Blaine would like come. Uh, the, the most disgusting burps are the one that I'm doing, right? The one like it, it's better just to have someone go. Bleh. Rather than going like this, like you, because then you know it smells like garlic or something gross. Like I'm like, like <laughs> I sound like a martial artist, like, <laughs> like trying to lift, right? <laughs> but blowing it out. Anyway, um, so just it just reeks around me right now. It smells, it smells so bad, but it smells good if you love garlic. That's what I'm getting at, right? And uh, so anyway. So what I'm going to say is, yeah, so I, Blaine would hang out all the time. And since he was, he was there all the time, I'd give him lots of stage time because like someone might not show up and I'm like, oh, we just need someone to fill in doing five minutes who can handle it. Oh, this new kid can. Right. So I gave Blaine like a lot of time and, uh, I, and 
I guess he, yeah, he was very grateful, very thankful. Plus he knew that I was on the road with Ken Mode and I got to play with one of his favorite bands, Weed Eater, right? And he was really pumped, pumped about that. Like he loves, yeah. yeah. So then uh, he was like, oh, that's so cool that you get to meet Weed Eater and all this stuff, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess it is. Like, <laughs> And then uh, he, he, yeah, many years later, this, uh, I guess, 2000, 2019, he messaged me out of nowhere and he's like, uh, do you want to be in this thing called heavy metal hitchhiker? Like they're looking for like a lead thing with banger TV. And I was like, I honestly, man, I'd love to, this is amazing. And, uh, so yeah, he brought me in, uh, met this guy named Brian Pico and Brian Pico is the original. Like if you look, uh, I guess on uh, online, like they'll have the original trailer, I guess for it. And anyway, Brian Pico is the original director and creator of it. So that's his idea. And we had to create this trailer to, um, I guess, get like media funding. Like, so we, so we approached Bell and uh, Bell approved it. Then we picked it up and he's like, okay, great. Now you guys can write it. So Blaine and I started writing, you know, putting it together. Brian would come up with ideas and then Blaine and I would uh, flesh them out. And, and is it flush or flushed? You know, flush it out, flush it out. Flesh. Either way, we, we fleshed it out, right? Flushed Flush. it out, you know. <laughs> We flushed it. We we did some kind of hushing, eshing, and uh, the upper echelon, right? We did that. And uh, anyway, it, it, uh, we, we had the episodes all together. And uh, that's when it like COVID hit, right? And we're like, nah, shit. Uh, so we're going to push it back some more and push it back. And it kept getting pushed back. Then Brian ended up getting having to do another documentary uh, with Banger TV. So then he wasn't available. So then it was kind of put on hiatus. And Craig Mailman, the producer... Uh, many times was it was going to get canceled like but he's like i can't let this thing die we've already put too much work in it so he's the reason that it stayed alive like he was like the last minute ditch like if this was a volleyball court like craig mailman was the guy who comes running way out of out of bounds (laughs) and just (laughs) knocks it back into play right and the way he did that was he found a uh, uh, uh another director who was just finishing up uh i guess i think a triumph documentary um but yeah, uh, anyway, but that director is Mark Ricciadelli. And Mark Ricciadelli uh, agreed to join if he could rewrite a lot of the script and direct it and edit it. And obviously Craig's like, yeah, sure, whatever, right? And so yeah, he wrote, rewrote a lot of the episodes and gave it uh, heart, I think. Like he actually, like whereas Blaine and I, when we wrote things, we're two jokesters, like everything I write is just pure joke. It's like joke, 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 joke. And same with Blaine. Like, it's like, oh, that's funny. It'd be funny if they say that. Yeah. Imagine saying that. Right. And, but then Mark actually gave it, gave it hard. So you actually cared about my character, I think throughout it. Yeah. And um, yeah. So like some of the, some of the characters are the same that we had written down, but uh, uh, Mark added in like the whole, that uh, the girl aspect. Yep. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and um uh, at the end, like just the way it wrapped up was, uh, yeah, it was him and also like the B- Limp Biscuit uh, characters in. So Blaine's character in uh, the woods was also his. Yeah. And also Mark took it out of because it was all going to be just in the car like the whole time. Like each really? okay. episode was just gonna okay. be sitting in a car and that's it. Very simple. But he got it. So he's like, OK, we're out in the woods. We're like, yeah, basically out in the woods. <laughs> so we're, we're outside of the place. Which is great. Awesome. Really, really awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about Mitch, your character. Definitely someone with a big heart. 
and and it's great that the new director brought that in. Uh, how similar are you to Mitch? Would you go on an epic quest to return a guitar that you found outside a service station to for one of your favorite bands? Yes, I would. I uh, I would be. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm like Mitch is in the sense that I uh, I I would at the drop of a hat if you were like, hey man, uh, I need your help. We need to drive across country right now. And we need to hit Vancouver Island to deliver insulin to my sister, who's like, for some reason, can only get insulin from me, and I can't fly. <laughs> Will you just like drive with me? And I'll be like, Yeah, man, let's uh, let's go tomorrow. Like I, I'm being a stand-up comedian. Comedian, I'm able to go anytime. I hey, let's let's leave right now. You and me, let's uh, just take off. Right, uh, and I know that I'll make it along the way by just booking shows. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm like Mitch in that sense. I could just leave at the drop of a hat. Uh, I'm not like Mitch cause in a sense that I don't think I'm that dumb. No, but here's no. the thing. I, <laughs> I, I could be, I could actually be that dumb sometimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm that dumb. I don't think, but you know, I could be dumb enough that I'm, I don't even know that I'm that dumb. That's the thing. Uh, but yeah, so I could be even dumber actually than Mitch. And, uh, <laughs> If you want to know actually who I modeled playing him after is myself, obviously, because that's all I know is myself. But uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. I could see that. Yeah. It's kind of like like a lot of wide eye, and be like, yeah. like the quick change of emotions. And yeah, yeah, very cartoonish. I, yeah. So I, was, I, I played more SpongeBob, I'd say. I could definitely see that. Uh, a sequel. Is there is there a future to this story? God, I hope so. <laughs> they uh, like they're kind of talking about it now, but once again, COVID is like such a deterrent. Uh, but if there is a sequel, it's going to be probably with that other band, the one that I meet up with in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we we go on tour, and uh, I'm I would like to see that. And I don't know what the problem would be, but it would be for sure like you get to meet, and hopefully, like since this show is out, my my hope is that uh, bigger bands agree to join. And they, the bigger bands are either the touring band with us or the band, they're, they're going to be the uh, hometown opening bands. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you just get actual bands playing these garbage opening acts and yeah, yeah. It's Guns and, and Roses think that was, or something. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, yeah, they're the opening band here, the local, the local act. And I think just the amount of insane people that you meet and i mean insane, not in an offensive way but like the best way possible is uh yeah the greatest on on the road it's it's a, it's part of the gift <laughs> it's, mm. it's one of the gifts we get <laughs> <laughs> it is true there was a bunch of cool cameos my favorite because he's my friend uh tom uh remigio the vocalist of panzerfoss played a bouncer at the end in the last episode and i think it's amazing because he is a bouncer in real life so he was basically playing himself <laughs> and he <laughs> smokes so much uh vape <laughs> excellent human uh i'm so happy that he got into this and i don't know how did that happen did you have anything to do with that well how do you i had nothing to, i had nothing to do with that the uh yeah with, with the actual the only the only characters that i think i had anything to do with was the stone guy in the van uh, che and uh, Melissa, who is the weird uh, girl at the beginning with the cat. Yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, every everyone else is uh, we're, like, so those are just my suggestions. And I suggested a ton of my friends and 
the director and producer get the final say in things, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I tried to obviously, and I'd love to get a multitude of my friends in here in involved in this. But yeah, a lot of them just couldn't do it at that time. Uh, any outtakes, bloopers, something that you wish made it in that got ended up on the floor? No, I think we captured everything. Like to be, oh, no, like, oh yeah, one, okay, one blooper that I wish uh, they got on tape, but they stopped because they thought I got injured. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, yeah. So like, if you, if you notice, I don't know if, that during the uh, Limp Biscuit one, uh-huh. when I'm running out, there's a time when I jump over a river mm. and I bail. And that's, <laughs> that's an honest bail. Like I jumped, there was no, the mud just sunk down. There was nothing under there. And I wiped out and my hands went into the trees and I cut up my knuckles. And like, I don't know if you can see, but, in some of the scenes, like, cause it, it's filmed out of sequence, right? Yes, of course. So there's sometimes when I just got bloody knuckles and I don't think you can really, <laughs> really see it. Cause I got mittens on, but I have scabby knuckles in some of it. And uh, the one that I wish made it, uh, was there was one where, um, I'm riding the BMX bike and I go like, I'm like, I'm like following the van and they, they're like, you know, I'm t- tailing behind the van. So the camera's like, backing up and I'm following it and they're like, just do some jumps. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'm like bunny hop kick flip, or like, you know, like I wasn't doing kicks. I was like bunny hop and like jumps and like BMX. And I did one and the handlebars just bent down. Right. And then I wiped out and Oof. flipped over the handlebars and like rolled on the pavement, but I wasn't going that fast, but they stopped to f- like keep, because I thought I injured myself, but I got up and I started trying to ride the BMX bike with the, the handlebars <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, it was a broken BMX, and so I kind of wish they got that. But no, everything else, Mark did a really good job of. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but I, I'm not good at, at remembering lines. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not good at remembering lines. So he's good at taking every line that I've said and cutting it so so well that he captured all the quote, funny things that I said or improvised on. So I'm good at improvising, I'd say. Just not sticking to, you know, verbatim your lines. Which is more fun. But yeah, he, yeah he, was, he was good at uh, uh, capturing that. And I'm sure there's going to be some uh, 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 bloopers, like me trying to say, I'm on a Marth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like me, me saying it, I'm like, is it, like, how do you say, like, because I always want to say everything correctly. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, how, like, and so like, and everyone would be like, I don't know, how do you say it? And like, then it would like turn into this discussion of how you say it properly. And like, <laughs> and then so I'm like trying to say it correctly, but then I, you'd end up screwing it up and be like, Aman, Amarth, Amar, Amar, Amar. And it's like, is it one word type thing? No, it's two separate words. But then the way you, yeah, I'm saying it sounds like one word. And like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun or silliness, stupidness. I love it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, go check it out. Um, I want to talk about if Rager could have had their own beer what style of beer would it have been and what would it be called well it would definitely be a high alcohol content beer right because it's the it's all the rage or like maybe it's like a maybe it's not even a beer maybe it's a sativa infused because like sativa is the one that wakes you up right that's the uh, so maybe it's like a a sativa infused malt liquor which uh got uh shots of caffeine so like a coffee coffee sativa <laughs> uh, dark beer that's like you know 14 percent monstrous yeah yeah right <laughs> like, so yeah it would definitely be, and what would it be called uh 
Ray G- G- Gear Beer Ray 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 Beer. I don't know Ray Gear like, <laughs> Ray Gear <laughs> Ray Gear Beer. <laughs> oh, Garrett, one last question. Um, yep. Classic Vox and Hops wrap up question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often, but you know, on tour, it always happens sometimes. Uh, what is your hangover cure? Hangover cure uh, for me is going to the bathroom. Number two. That helps you. Yeah. Like that's the best cure I think out there. Like people go like, oh, you know, you eat eggs, runny (laughs) or like drink water. Right. And water is obviously good. Coffee is great. But the thing that makes you feel the best is, can I say poop on the radio? You can say poop and shit and fuck and whatever you want to say. (laughs) Yeah. So it's when you take a fucking huge poop in the shitter. You know what I mean? Like you just fill up the goddamn toilet with so much crap. That, uh, but yeah, like, oh my God, the feeling that washes over you. Oh my God. Like it's like better than, uh, better than sex. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so, so much for taking the time talking to me about your life. Metal and craft beer. I I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Very stoked to have connected with you. Looking forward to sharing a brew together. Thank you for being the very first comedian on Vox and Hops. That makes me very happy. Cheers. Cheers, Garrett. Cheers. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, did Garrett ever have me laughing. This was a fantastic conversation. I really, really enjoyed myself. Uh, first comedian to be on the podcast, and uh, he definitely will not be the last because I absolutely loved my experience being with a comedian. They are obviously very funny, and it's fun to be with them, so I'm going to do more of it. I'm looking forward to seeing new heavy metal hitchhiker content coming up in the next year because I loved the show. If you enjoyed this episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. There are a whole bunch of amazing things coming up in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I would hate for you to miss a single thing. And the best way to stay updated is to sign up to that mailing list. So please do me a favor and do that because I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope you have a glorious rest of the week. I will be back next week with two episodes, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>